0: Hello, you're listening to Narratives, a conversation with lesbians and women loving women as we tell our stories of love, loss, discovery, subversion, and always of hope and redemption. This podcast puts us front and center in our own voice, using our own words, and telling our stories on our own terms. High time, don't you think? Expect nothing, learn everything. our narratives hello and welcome to narratives genevieve here your host welcoming and thanking you for joining us today if this were in real life this would be the point when i would probably be offering you a drink and introducing you to the rest of our other pod friends I just really want it to happen very soon and uh, so I'm really trying to claim it here. So I hope you try to claim it with me. Again, thank you very much for your letters and messages on all our social media accounts. And I just want to make a request. Please do not apologize for writing your thoughts and stories because honestly, I really appreciate and enjoy reading from you. Um, I think we sometimes apologize too much and it's really not necessary. Um, well, actually, truth to tell, I myself grapple with that too. So could it be a, a generational thing. Uh, plus the fact that growing up in those years and being queer, uh, in the derogatory sense of it, made us even more apologetic than most. But we have to brush it off because we always have to remember that our insights matter. So, moving along with our guest for this week, I'm very excited to introduce her. She was an international humanitarian and development practitioner in her most recent past life, a Cebuana who has worked and lived in various countries in at least three continents, a proud nanny to her wonderful daughter Rosa, and mom to her her babies as well. Currently, she is adjusting to the role of a retiree, and then some, some of us will, or all of us will, find out later. She's nesting and, in the process, recentering her mind space as well. Witty, creative, and someone you would spot in a crowd and say, "Hey, I want to know her." So let's meet Hida Fernandez. Let's go. Hello, Ida. I'm very happy that you're joining me today for this uh, episode of Narratives. How are you?
1: I'm fine, thank you. And hello, Jeannie. Thank you for inviting me. And, um, natuwa naman ako sa title, Narratives. Parang bisaya ba? Na- Narratives. <laughs> so, I'm in. Right. <laughs> you know, ot- yeah, automatically in sa narrative.
0: Okay, that's a great start. Okay, so what's been keeping you busy these days? Um, you know, retirement is busy. Okay.
1: Have Please I explain. told you? Yeah. Um, well, there was a lot of transitional thinking from maybe um, three, four years back, and then it um there was some stuff happening in the workplace, and then the pandemic happened. Mm-hmm. And then everything. You know, I just said, I'm going to retire. What's a, what's a sample
0: day like for okay, a retired Okay, A sample person? day
1: like, I, I, and I'm not kidding. Huh? I can make fun of everything, but <laughs> a sample day would be like really resolving that today is the start of a new routine. And I've been <laughs> home since January. <laughs> so it's a very busy um, mental exercise. Can you imagine you wake up? Oh, meron I wake up okay. and I take my blood pressure because I need to, I, I don't have hypertension, but I just need to monitor how, how it goes up, how it goes down. And okay. after that, the real work happens when I have to resolve, this is the start of a routine. And then I had to think, what is the routine? And every day it's been different, <laughs> except for the part <laughs> That uh-huh. this is going to be the routine. <laughs> I have also have a lot of things to work in the in the head space mm-hmm. department, and this is a good time, I think. Um, I've been having a difficult time with the isolation, mm-hmm.
2: just
1: general isolation. But you know, it's all about attitude. I'm not the only one who's experiencing that. But I can be a spoiled brat and you know moan about it. But it, it really won't matter anyway so everything is about um ensuring maybe that in this the transition towards a different phase of one's mm-hmm. life it's pretty much um in place and I am physically fit to do it I'm mentally sound and stable to take it on on the side I have like you know I work with some paints and terracotta I've been trying to look for consultancy work um, but I am not quite convinced if I'm ready to dive in. So you see how busy I am? Just, you know, (laughs) just doing this. And So on the more serious side, though, uh, I've had some mental health issues just before the pandemic. And while I was actually um, on the upswing and then the pandemic happened and it just, you know, it just rattled me back to Mm -hmm. not square one, but somewhere in the middle. Maybe three months in, uh, no, six months in, uh, I could already feel that I'm starting to have a better handle of my emotions. I'm also taking the challenge of experiencing different emotions, like, like, and how do I handle them? So yeah, I think cognitive behavior therapy works actually, maybe feeling whole again without work and very busy retiring. <laughs> and the nesting part, it has given me a very good time to nest. Or, you know, I wake up and I say, okay, so for whatever it is, this is my forever home. So I'd want to get forever stuff. What's forever stuff? Like, you know, uh, these plates have been with me for like, I don't know, they've traveled wherever I went and I want to change them. The, the easier ones to change are really the rugs floor rugs, area rugs, foot rugs. <laughs> And I have a shelf with labels that say, "Okay, I am not quite on the obsessive compulsive disorder <laughs> spectrum." It just it keeps me busy and um, it makes my daylight that a sense of organization is mm-hmm. around me. I guess that's mm-hmm. my that's my thing. So I can be annoying in that sense. Maybe I don't know. Um, recycling, upcycling some junk stuff that I have uh, or that's nice creative that creative part or old presents from ex-lovers <laughs> in a in a
0: wardrobe <laughs> cabinet. Because, wow. I'd be very interested to, to find out what you do you with to, ex- gifts of excess. <laughs> yes. And you have to be you have to
1: like disguise them because what if you if you put it out there get seen and you know it has to look different. So yeah those are just the things that I'm um I'm on to and uh regular <laughs> communication with my daughter, with my family in
0: Cebu. Well, speaking of Cebu, you, you grew up in Cebu and, you know, coming mm. from a quite prominent family in Cebu. And I'm interested, what was it like growing up? You always mention that and you're very proud to be from Cebu. So narrative! What was it like? <laughs> this is <laughs> my narrative. Okay. What was it like growing um, up? Um,
1: at eight months old, let me start wow. from there so you'd get a context, with my... Um, I found out that she was pregnant, so she made a very difficult decision to leave me with my grandparents because before me was already three children, me and another Mm -hmm. one in her stomach. So there was no way, and the family was moving around due to my, due to Tatai's work, they were moving around, so there was no way she could um, take care of two infants at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not going to deny it. It has been really a big ugly chip on my shoulder until I became more enlightened and more progressive and then I fully understood that you know leaving your kids with your parents or your own grandparents is not actually the first option that mothers take Mm -hmm. it's like abortion you know like abortion gets all the flack but the reality Mm -hmm. of it is that a lot of people and in my case me I really overlooked the fact that that and, and I truly believe that one of the hardest, most difficult decisions that Nanai took or would have. Mm-hmm. Took. Yeah, yeah, took. So then that chip you know, slowly healed itself. So now in my grandparents household, it was a mixed household because my Lola was uh, Cebuana, and mm-hmm. my grand and my Lola was Ilocano. So they had a business and. This business started right after World War II when my Lolo and maybe some of the Asmenias, whatever, they went around picking up scrap iron Mm. to sell. Right. During the war, my Lolo was was an accountant, my Lolo was a literature uh, teacher. So my Lolo had uh, logistic contacts. Mm-hmm. And so I guess that's how you know they founded their business, and they
2: mm-hmm.
1: and and they, you know, built a built a family in Cebu. Mm-hmm. It was all about um, consistency, tough love, mm-hmm. and always, always conversations about repercussions when you do this thing or that thing. This is going mm-hmm. to happen. An example of it would be like <laughs> if you decide, like I was this, I was too too rough to be a little girl, but I was too soft to be a rambunctious girl. Okay. You know, they couldn't yes. really, so they would just say, oh, they had the most like she's probably, she'll probably end up in jail. Or she'll probably, I don't know, get pregnant at sixteen, or you know, all these things. But oh, very optimistic, <laughs> oh, very high. But regards. supported, but no, not okay. in a chastising way. Like yeah. you know, what kind? It just that if you choose a four-year college course, uh-huh. just make, effing sure that you finish it in four years. Okay. My grandparents. Uh, I remember them, and I think this was my modeling. I would, never, I would never really know who took care of. It wasn't very clear. I just knew okay. that they'd both go to work,
2: they'd mm-hmm. both come
1: home, and the mm-hmm. domestic sphere would run now. So, so yeah, there were no how, like, strict gender rules. No, not really. And um, now that you talk about strict gender roles, there is no word for... Brother, in Cebuano, and there is no word really? for it. so, no. Oh. It's it's igsoon. It's kapatid. It will only be distinguished if you call the kapatid manang. So then you know it's an older sister or manang. Then you know it's an. Right? Oh. So it's 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 very interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. They were very supportive, but they were very vocal about the things they saw about me. Um, like you can never tell me (laughs) to do something because (laughs) I would really hate it. So they, they told me to temper that because, you know, if I had a boss and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it was hard as a young child to be like, I want to go to this teeny, you know, tiny mall with my friends and Mm -hmm. I am not, I wasn't allowed to go. And there are points that you're not allowed to go. And, there are points you
0: don't understand. From what, from the story that you're telling me, what I'm hearing seems to be like, um, there was one rule for everyone. Seems like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's mm-hmm. one rule for everyone, whether you're male or female. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, the, the gender rules weren't very strict, so you were kind of allowed to kind of do your thing, but within certain bounds. Oh, uh, yeah, but I like, was crazy too, you garama. know?
1: Because, for example, like in school and you know they'd get a memo that you know somebody like some school official saw me not in uniform and I would say, Oh, I'm sorry. So I'd leave the house in uniform, you know. I'm taking uh-huh. to school, and the first thing I do is go to the bathroom and change.
0: And and attend school without your uniform. That's school. So, yeah. Okay. And then and attend your you know, classes without uniform. Totally. And then <laughs> just crazy
1: stuff because you can do that if you're a working student and my grandparents had a star and I knew sales ladies and sales, and they would sign this thing for me that I was working in that store. (laughs) What? What? You were in high school? No. What? (laughs) You know, it's a different narrative now when I say this because Mm. I was growing up and that was how I saw myself. All in all, it was a happy and normal childhood. I didn't feel Mm. like I had to act a certain way. I refused mm-hmm. to learn how to mm-hmm. ride the bicycle. The bicycle, big deal.
0: I'm interested to I'm interested to know because you were attending school without a uniform. Mm. Okay. Of of course the teachers are going to know this, but what was this about? Was um, it, what, what were you trying to assert or to prove by not wearing your uniform when everyone else was wearing the the same <laughs> same thing? Number one, it was pugly.
1: <laughs> the design of this skirt was like this and that. And it was A-line and I had to like either roll it up
2: uh-huh.
1: on the waistline so it'll be shorter because it was just ugly. Uh-huh. If I put my daughter in a school that wears uniform, I'd probably say wear the uniform. That's just me. But really it was, um, I guess it mm-hmm. was also finding out who I was. And so I, um, I, I guess it was a part in my process of st- self-awareness or trying mm-hmm. to know who I was plus the fact that it was also testing maybe I think I can pull it off.
0: Mm, testing testing
1: behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just you know you you push you push, push the boundaries. And then push. if they don't mind anyway, you I got tired. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody really paid attention. I was able to get away. I'm so proud um, of it. But the message of my family was always that education um, had really a high value for them. So that mm-hmm. was what, mm-hmm. yeah. And, and being being young is just lovely, you know? It's lovely.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, usually kids start becoming aware of their sexuality or... The opposite sex or the same sex, when they're they're in their teens, usually. But I'm not saying this is the same for everyone. What was Mm -hmm. it like for you? Yung rebelling mo. Was there already a realization of you know who you were as a as a sexual being, you know, or your identity? Meron ng konte, but he.
1: I wouldn't really know how to lay it all down and yes, um, tie tie them all together. Mm-hmm. But earlier on, I guess I was in Sunday school. So maybe that puts me.
0: <laughs> I am so irreverent. I'm really sorry. You know. Okay.
1: Maybe I was like eight years old, maybe or nine years old. Okay. There's this one particular girl. Um, I think she's Malaysian or something or half, but some some Asian. I think that was the very first time that I didn't know what it was, but apparently it was physical attraction.
0: Mm. How did you know?
1: I was just, I don't know if obsessed was a word at that time, but I was so drawn to the skin, the color. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, Not that I wanted to touch her, not that I was objectifying her either, but Mm -hmm. it was just. Mm -hmm. Oh, do you get that? What is that? You, you know, I was, I was hung up on it. Maybe um, that was some sort of attraction. Because even in my older years, I would be very silent about attraction. Like, oh, I like that, or oh, I'm attracted to her or to this and that. I don't usually put that out there.
0: So you did not actually verbalize it, but it was just there. It's just that. It's just there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, I guess because the household, it, it,
1: it, you can call it a progressive Protestant household, huh? my household. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember being told that, you know, the usual that okay, um, you cannot have a boyfriend, blah 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 blah. Whatever it was, when I started experiencing that some girls were actually attracted to me, I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with it. However, however yeah so uh, yeah, I didn't, feel, but who was I? I don't know, I think there was nothing wrong with it, but who was I, right? I didn't know how my elders felt because I never saw one gay homosexual person in my entire family when I was growing. Up. oh,
0: yeah, I, I was gonna ask that eh, if never there had been okay, so oh, again, a... you were
1: the first. <laughs> Yeah, now, now I have uh, my brother's uh, son is like red flame hot and whatever. But it was clear to me that there's nothing wrong with that by my standards. But I didn't know how it was. So first of all, not really. <laughs> okay. I'll just hide it. I mean, yeah. Like, <laughs> like You know, when I started going out, you know, with, with girls anyway, they'd say, you know, they didn't care who I went out with. you your curfew at seven. I do everything before seven anyway. And then I'd well, come home at seven. <laughs> Okay, (laughs) what age did you start going out with girls? My first ever girlfriend was, so I was 18 or maybe 17. Okay,
0: so you were in college? Yeah, I was 17. So So, how did that happen? I
1: have a bunch of, you know. Go for it. (laughs) It it was dramatic. It was clear that, you know, this girl was on the masculine side. Mm -hmm. And this girl, the same girl had a crush on the girlfriend of the head basketball team captain.
0: Oh, wow. This sounds so much like, you know, for <laughs> yung mga team movies, you eh, know. Okay. And this girl that
1: she had a crush on was like, you know, flowing curly hair, tall, mm-hmm. because she was the girlfriend of the basketball team captain, right? Right, right. So, She
0: had to. She had to look the part. Yeah,
1: and then so... I was kind of, and she was very honest. She told me all this, but then because she really liked me, but I was very confused what my part was because, like, I'm too after her, and you know what? what. So, yeah, I I was very confused. But she could come to the house because she was a girl.
0: Okay. Even if she was on the masculine side, okay, lang.
1: Yeah, my grandparents didn't, nothing. Yeah, were, okay. i never heard like oh yon, can... yeah wala. Lakin on, is what they would probably call it but oh, never heard so she would come and it was better for a girl to call me than
2: mm-hmm. for a boy okay
1: because it was, it was a boy my <laughs> Lola would answer at the boy and i told him my Lola is very active in church and then this boy would say oh I called because um, I want to borrow a Bible. And then my Lolo would say, yeah, but it's called what? The, the New Testament or the Old Testament? This and that. <laughs> if it was a girl, there was no question. Okay. So there was a convenience to it, which did not help me. Mm-hmm. Because it was all about skirting around maybe some things that I needed to understand first and foremost. Okay. You know? Like? Like, what is this? How far yeah. can I go? Okay, what do I do? Okay, what well, what is expected of me?
0: Mm-hmm. How how did she, how did she relate to you, to make you ask all these questions? Um, because she was older, mm-hmm. much and older. So, you
1: no, know, maybe a couple years. Okay, there's this mm-hmm. galante, but galante.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Generous, generous, generous.
1: No, not generous, but like what? opening the door thing and then, uh
0: chevalros forgeron. Uh, which I hated. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, did you get into a relationship or she just she was just like a satellite following you around for the next 2 years after you met? No, I
1: think we got into a relationship until she then became honest and and you know, aside from this, you know, gorgeous girl, mm. there's this married Married woman who was after her, so th- there was too many people, and I wasn't understanding it because all of them were s- straight. So that put me in a soup bowl, and I didn't know who I was in there. Which way.
0: alphabet letter you were? <laughs> exactly.
1: You know, you're like, okay, what is happening? So anyway, she
0: graduated you yeah. Okay, and as so a, what were Why? you? What did you th- What did you think of yourself when you started liking another woman? Um, at the
1: very at the very onset, I was afraid to label myself, because mm-hmm. I think I'd get stuck in it. I would always say, oh, spectrum, it's a spectrum, spectrum. Biologically, you can be with this, you know, spectrum, it's a spectrum. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: in hindsight, it was just always more open um, and more caring. I would get more emotionally involved and thus more emotionally hurt. But you've had boyfriends yes. before that girlfriend. I had one
0: and uh um, okay.
1: it broke mm-hmm. up and he became a priest.
0: Okay. <laughs> it's just too much. <laughs> it's just too much. So so oh. after this girl, did it make it easier for you to get into relationships with other women, or was it like kind of fluid and it found you found yourself again, just being open to another to relationships with other women later on. What was it like? Um, with
1: with this girl, um, mm-hmm. I met her other friends, of course. One is a clinical psychologist who I okay got to talk and who tried to explain things to me. But yeah, you're in the closet. So what are you trying to tell me? That's what, that Everybody was in the closet. Why? Why you're in the closet because of parental fear. Okay. <laughs> you know? S-
0: still family. Yeah. Even in Cebu, just... that that was oh, the culture. Yeah. But were totally. there a lot? Were there a lot of people in the closet?
1: I would say substantial, yes. Because, okay, um... the people that I meet now in Cebu, they're my mm-hmm. age or a little older. Okay. So okay. where were they? Where were they? In the closet. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Because But now getting... are they out? I think they're out. A lot of them are out. Um, That's good. They wait wait for the parents to die. (laughs) Okay. You know, or go abroad and Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. live a parallel life. Not a pretend life, but just a private, private space for themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I knew I was gay because I would have an input, you know. But I am not in it because I wasn't hiding anything, not from my family, not from anyone. Hmm.
0: Did you identify in college, early on? Oh, in yeah? college. Yeah,
1: before I got married.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> How's
1: that? Yeah. And, um, I, wrote my okay. friends in, I wrote my friends in college hmm. in the Visayas and I said, I hope you don't you know, mind this, but this and that, this and that. And I'm gay. And they couldn't understand it because then, you know, you would go out, you would date men as well but from my point of view it doesn't matter I but I couldn't explain it it doesn't matter who I go out with but this is you know who I am you're usually overly simplified
2: yes so, that was that's right.
1: so then I got to think like what why do people think this way and that I didn't know what I was going to do with my life I was already working I was in schools and all sorts of other school whatever it was and then I sort of told myself, ah, what's the checklist, checklist to get married, to have a child, to have blah, 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 that it looked so much easier mm-hmm. than how I was feeling where, what are you going to do? You know, they say, oh, being gay is really, um, it's, it's so political. And yeah, I know because every day you have to, uh, even to yourself, sometimes you'd have to justify yourself. You have to defend yourself. You have to mm. you know, prop yourself up. You have to tell yourself right. it's okay. Mm. So even at that stage, I knew that oh, this is a difficult choice or lifestyle, or whatever it is. This is mm-hmm. so much more difficult than just following a checklist.
2: Very However, interesting.
1: I was one of those kids in my family that when I say, oh, we're getting married and their eyebrows would shoot up. But like, there was no shock. we like, Getting married? Oh, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. You know they're okay with it. Oh, i ano, man, ano yeah. ganyan, But it's always like, natin. And then, oh, gusto ko
0: nang baby Oh, baby. Oh, natin. <laughs> <laughs> how old were you? How old were you when you got married? Twenty-three. Twenty-three. So that's re- way after college, and you're already working yeah. when you got married. Mm-hmm. Okay, twenty-three. I have a
1: wonderful daughter, by the way. We have a wonderful daughter, by the way. Mm-hmm. Come into her own and I would have done the same thing. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I, I, you know, I wouldn't change any of this except for <laughs> the drama, but the drama is not mine. Like unilaterally, I'm not the one creating the drama, you know? <laughs> but I would not change a thing
0: about it. Okay. so So when you got married and you got out of it, what did you realize? Did you think that, oh... Okay, so I thought the checklist would be much easier if I just followed it. But did you think that it was harder or it was a, it was a fluke or it wasn't what it was all made out to be? There was uh, boredom. Okay.
1: But not in a bad way. Like, oh, I'm so bored with you. No, no, not, not hmm. I'm bored with you. No, there was just this, there's something missing. La- yeah yeah okay mental stimulation it was there and you know raising an infant together uh, and everything to her best interest Mm -hmm. Uh, it was there and then weekly trips to the mall you know but it wasn't the weekly trips to the mall yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. it wasn't about also you know this Mm -hmm. person it was me it was yeah, what it was what, looking for. What were you looking for? What did you think okay. was missing? So the marriage took me out of Cebu, a comfort zone, mm-hmm. and I love challenges, so that was fine. Yeah, and so I was rearing like, what's next? I was working, and then with child, and then this. Of course, there was drama in between, but it doesn't matter. I think I kinda stopped growing, maybe, or mm-hmm. was on the cusp of, like, getting stuck. That was the thing. Mm-hmm. But here I was. But it was wrong. It, I know it was probably wrong to think that just because, you you know, you have a child and you, you can't find exciting things. But, mm-hmm. you know, be be that as it may, that's how it felt. There are limits to where you can go on your own. I mean, not like mm-hmm. you're not allowed to go there. but
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a child or there's responsibilities to be... Yeah you know, fulfilled at home, et, et cetera, It's yeah.
1: just not normal for people to see a married couple not together all the time. Oh, wow. So who swallows who? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day and years, years after, you know, you get to realize that you need to take a step back every now and then because you need to listen to what you're hearing, but you can't quite figure out, you mm-hmm. know, w- mm-hmm. what these are. But we live in a very um, status quo kind of world. All the reactions were, were very regular and normal. And yet it was so dramatic at that time. It was so dramatic because I think the drama had to drown out what this thing was that I wasn't quite understanding yet.
0: And when did it happen? When did the understanding happen?
1: I got into another relationship after that. And it was like, it was a good you know, four or five years.
2: Mm-hmm. and <clears throat> A guy? The
1: difference,
2: yeah, the difference yeah, okay. was I mm-hmm. went
0: into it and I said, I am gay. You were sure that you were gay by that time? Yeah. Or have you always been sure the moment you declared it in college?
1: I think I was always sure. And then, okay. you know,
0: <laughs> okay. your outside
1: environment dictates that you move here, you move there, you you know, just uh-huh. like that. And okay, and how did he take that? I remember he just said, "Well, um, so for him the competition is double. So when it when it ended, it ended. It's just like, oh, I can't do this anymore, not okay. because of somebody else or whatever. But at that time, I was already working in, you know, an NGO. You know, you can feel a, a, a higher progressive error in it." Mm-hmm. And somehow emboldened me in a lot of ways to just test, just take one step further. Remember,
0: I mm-hmm. will never
1: go up to a person and say, you know, can I go out with you? Because I really
0: like mm-hmm. you. Yeah. S- so, so how did it happen?
1: <laughs> what so happened?
0: So <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's just my okay. style and it's so bulog. I would tell people I know that, oh, set me up, set me up. Oh, we mm-hmm. have one person, but she has a girlfriend. I'm like, oh, date lang naman. Ko na, you know, bulok. Uh-huh. Dit naman, ko naman nan, you know, bulok. <laughs> So now, just get so, um, it just gets so... It's funny now, but at that time, parang, yay, you just do whatever is... Uh, you know, kunan Okay, so we went out on a date, and then Sabi niya, nagpaalam daw siya sa girlfriend niya. Oh, wala mm-hmm. naman yan. Ako naman, so bulok. Like, ikaw yun, girlfriend mo siya. Ako, wala naman akong connection sa kanya. So, uh-huh. totoo, totoo di ba? <laughs> uh, just bulok. So, so bulok. <laughs>
0: before I go further into that I'm just curious because you've had all, all types of careers you know you even went into music you were a part of a band before yeah. right judging from your tone we're not gonna go <laughs> too far into that yeah. but I'm just curious if all these uh, parang careers that you've been to like music and then going to the NGO well expanding on your sexuality so to speak or it just happened okay. part of okay. it
1: is the recognition that this realm, uh, you assume, has a higher level of progressiveness. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, sometimes Mm -hmm. it's only in paper, but at least you had that reputation of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for me, give me that, and I I can have, you know, the the leg room to just strike out there. So that bit, could have been really linked to um the sexuality thing
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: but the thing about me was that um while i knew who i was i also knew that it is the totality and yet not the totality of who i am
0: the significant part not everything about everything but the significant (coughs) part of who you are correct no, that's how I tie it together. Now that
1: you've asked me, really. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, so let's go back to the person who had a girlfriend that you dated. What, ha- whatever happened to that?
1: Well, we became girlfriends, and then we did not become girlfriends. It's funny, but when you're heartbroken, you know, it's not funny. But then you forget that even heartbreak, being heartbroken is really temporary. Mm-hmm.
0: You lived a, a long time abroad, you know? Um, yeah. Like more than, years, uh, more than 20 years, more than 20 years. Parang so long. coming home to the Philippines every now and then. Ganan lang. As, a, as a lesbian, hmm. was it harder in some ways or more difficult in some ways? How would you compare it? I can
1: categorize them into okay. two groups. I think one is the more developed countries and the okay. other one is the Less developed countries. Okay. So in the more developed countries, um, so skin is looked at, Mm -hmm. nationality is looked at. So I'm there. Skin, skin, sorry, skin color. Skin color. Okay. Yeah. And nationality is looked at. What kind of Asian? So I'm there on both fronts. And then you're kind of progressive, socialist, democratic, whatever you call yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's a third one. It's all minority, by the way. And then you're gay. And then you're a single parent. And then you're female. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, that's hard. Um, I always, starting out, I always had this need to to be relevant, you mm-hmm. know? So there are ways that are not really related to my sexuality, but I have to give it to my being progressive because I am who I am, that I attack certain challenges differently. In the lesser developed countries, well, first I try to adapt. So, Are there even spaces for for
0: being lesbian? There are.
1: There okay. are, but uh, maybe for locals because these are different cultures in the less developed countries. One country would imprison you for 30 years
2: mm-hmm. for being
1: a homosexual. There's also some... Un- lesser developed countries where I had to buy a wedding ring in meetings you just have a different status if you're of this age and you're married if you're of this age and you're gay and you're this and that and you're Mm -hmm. so just to stop the conversation about you to focus on you sort of play along with that until you get tired and they get tired too so first my thing was to show them what you can do I had to like okay what works because if I called so much attention just because I wanted to be loud and, you know, this and that, when nobody was really attacking me personally mm-hmm. per se, it was just mm-hmm. the way it is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's some difficulties there. Um, so difficult was that I was in a, I was in a convention. It was very remote. And the police came and they took one expat because they said he was gay because he was seen in the local pharmacy buying a uh, a tub of petroleum jelly and yeah he had a newborn baby who had diaper rash
0: that's scary that is very scary that's scary so what do you do
1: do i do i go in there no you just you know or a girl like they were supporting
0: and they were kissing and the, the video went viral and bam 30 years when you were assigned to these countries, did you ever consider having a relationship or did, were you in a relationship? Or that had to,
1: that had to wait? Uh, uh, <laughs> no, that had to wait because it uh, wasn't like a conscious thing, like a plan, you know, but mm-hmm. just a realization. So you get mm-hmm. into a new post,
2: mm-hmm. you have
1: three to five years. Okay. You, you meet people, you develop friendships. One by one, you mm-hmm. will move. It was too much too much hard work thinking about the logistics of that. What I'm saying is that you get into a post and you meet people. And if you were straight and you meet a guy, I am willing to bet that the logistics and the how it happens is that you get together and then you know you can take him to another post or you can go with him to his other post is so much higher than same sex.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. It's just so
1: much higher. Yeah, It's, it's just easier. Uh, spouse, then you put your spouse. If it's the same spe- sex spouse, then you're asked all these things. And if it's not legal in the country where you're from, then mm-hmm. you show a receipt that you're paying electricity under both your names. Uh, just an example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: In your trips abroad, um,
1: you've always brought your daughter with you, right? um until she was of legal age which is yeah. 24
0: but what i also remember is this conversation you had with her when she asked you about being lesbian okay, okay. how old was she then she was 5 okay or and six, was that maybe yeah. okay and was that the first time did you have a talk about it or did she realize it on her own
1: there was no like, okay, let's answer this and that mm. and that. You mm. know, remember I lived in a shoebox and, you know, we both live there and people come and go. And the terms always was um, significant other, you know, you know, this is my partner, the significant other. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, she was aware of that. Um, I can't remember how I was able to explain to her, although I have this rule that whatever story you tell her or whatever story you tell children, You tell Mm -hmm. them in its purest, honest content, strokes, whatever, and leave Mm -hmm. them. And you tell the same story over and over.
2: For Mm -hmm. example,
1: when they're three, five, seven, for as long as it's the same story, and you leave them to sort out the bits and pieces that they understand according to where they are at a particular time in their lives. Mm
2: -hmm. But
1: for as long as it's consistent. so um, That's a very great tip. You know, don't sugarcoat it like you know this and that because it's so hard. This is just what it is like. You know, your nana and tatai will not live together anymore, and um, but it doesn't change the fact that we are your nana and tatai. It will never be true that you won't have a tatai because all children, whether they know their tatais or not, have tatais. You know that sort of thing. It's very. It's kind of elevated, but it's simple and it's true. Right. You know, it's true. Like what are you tatay no tatay. You romanticize certain things when you are able to, but don't romanticize everything. So mm-hmm. anyway, she grew up that way. And so she also saw my friends, my classmates who had partners mm-hmm. at home in my place. So oh. <laughs> This is crazy. So she would hear that, but she would, you know, she would just be reading, whatever. So one day she mm-hmm. would say, Um, ma- can I be a lesbian? There are a lot of things that you can choose to be or choose mm-hmm. to do at this age. You ask the same question to yourself when you're mm-hmm. 17, 18, and then mm-hmm. you can decide for yourself while pulling malungai leaves from the stem. <laughs> So okay. that's, just, that's just how it was. And to it was really a conscious effort that to make her feel that we are not in any way in a vulnerable situation or that vulnerability was not about us.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So in her school, I would make it the point that I would come out to the head teacher of her grade because mm-hmm. I don't want this shit about you know, like sexist things happening. Oh,
2: mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. you know,
1: boys are boys and girls are mm-hmm. girls. And it would really hit close to home, and Rosa wouldn't have a support system.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I would tell her, I've told Mr. this and that, this and that. And it, it was not a problem. At work, too, I make it a point that mm, I come out to my boss mm-hmm. and then I come out to my staff in that order. And it was funny in one posting uh, Can I talk to you? And my boss said, Yeah, sure. Can I close the door? <laughs> What's wrong? I said, I, I, I just want to come out. She says, are You crazy? I know. Everybody knows. Even before you arrive, everybody knows. I'm like, oh. So, you know, it was a very conscious effort. Like people who are who matter in the ongoing, especially for the child. Your teacher, I had to tell him because, you know, your teacher can't go say sexist or whatever things, mm-hmm. and then you'd feel bad about it. Or your teacher has to stop a classmate who says something bad
0: about homosexuality, Mm -hmm. maybe. Mm -hmm. So that's a shared burden. Mm -hmm. I was lucky. I think that's a good way of going about it because sometimes, of course, I don't know the circumstances for other parents, but sometimes there are parents who feel like, I'll just address it when it happens. And then Mm -hmm. by then, it's more like um, troubleshooting already. So now I... Yes. I go back to how I was brought up.
1: I was always told, if you sense a problem, go in front of it. You know? Mm -hmm. Don't hope and pray that it's not going to happen. That's an application of value sets I had Mm -hmm. um, been taught uh, growing up. And
0: it just kicks in, Mm -hmm. like instinctively kicks in when something happens. I know I shouldn't tread here, but maybe just a little bit. (laughs) Okay. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> okay, did you find love along the way? I mean, after all these things, though, busy, high-octane job, yeah. but was there space for love?
1: There's always space for that, but it's always contextualized.
0: Mm-hmm. So I guess,
1: yeah, you feel mm-hmm. love, you feel a connection, but you you also know that there's a time frame for that. Because when the time frame comes, Jeannie, when it's your time to go, you won't have You will have to think of how to get there. You will have to complete a lot of things. And it would be unfair, too, for the person you're with, you know, to to be left on the sidelines. So maybe it was a process or a learning curve. So for the first first few years, it was really like everything was online. I get to a country, I get posted there. And so there were groups, there Mm -hmm. were groups that were put up. A lot of these groups um, were online. So you just join it. You mm-hmm. know, okay. And it wasn't for some reason I never experienced anything shady in this online mm-hmm. things, you know. So okay. you go online and you meet somebody who's from Brussels and you know, for example, and then mm-hmm. you know, you go meet each other, you meet, and then that's it. So you, was it
0: like theater? the dating no, apps no, it's not like no, that.
1: it's not a dating app.
0: It's mm. like a... A community. Community
1: thing. Okay. So, okay. in fact, for example, I'm, I was part of that community. If I come home, for example, mm. I would go and look for members of that community from here. Mm. Okay. And I could put together, like, a party or, a, you know, get together. And, you mm. know, it, it, it just... There was so much legitimacy in that, in that site. And I, I think mm. they're still around, but... You know, the founding couple would say, okay, we're hosting, like, you know, we're going to serve this and that in Paris, for example.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And if you're three hours from that place, you could totally Mm -hmm. go and then come back and you're safe. And you've met new people. There are some that you will um, email and you will, you know, have a phone um, friendship. There's some Mm -hmm. that when you go to the U.S., you look them up, they pick you up and they take you elsewhere. It, yeah. it was that sort of community. In between those, you meet the more special ones where, mm-hmm. oh, you think you have like romantic leanings and stuff like that. They're probably very normal attraction. When you see each other, oh, cute, the you know. It was also interesting trying to put together a schedule that every three weeks or something, you one goes here and the other goes, and the next three weeks, the other goes there. Mm-hmm. What I learned though was that. Um, I'm not saying it doesn't work. For Mm -hmm. it to work, that's the biggest part of your commitment. It's not so much the loving and the caring, but that's Mm -hmm. the biggest part of your commitment because when you see each other again, it Mm -hmm. can take a minute or 10 minutes, a day or three days. And if that's all you have and you don't get to catch up, It's always awkward, but it can last from, you know, just a second or, you know, several thousand seconds. So there was really no knowing Mm -hmm. because how you met wasn't this heavy thing, but it was this community thing. You tend to just continue on with your lives like your friends. I really learned that apart from the fact that that is the biggest part of the commitment that you need to plan not short-term, not this flying training back and forth. You need Mm -hmm. to plan for the long-term because remember, posts are time-bound. And sometimes, you know, you just don't know. You're just going to be moved because you're needed more elsewhere.
0: But it's hard to plan. I just, I'm just thinking like, Yeah. Um, If if you're like seeing each other like every three weeks only, it's still not enough to really get to know that person because you know you try to make the most out of the time, whether it's as you said, a minute, an hour, a day. So you you try not to argue. (laughs) You try to (laughs) always on vacay mode.
1: Yes. Yes. Always on holiday mode. So after let's say seven months or eight months, it the strain begins you know, Mm -hmm. and maybe, you know, maybe you do have a good thing there. Mm -hmm. But um, timing is not right, circumstances are not right, unless one of you just drops everything and relocates and lives there, no work, no nothing, or, you know, the other one does the same with you. So and then that gives birth to a whole different level of discussions.
0: Wow, that's, that's also quite tough.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that time in my life, I made sure that I didn't have any regrets.
0: <laughs> that is exactly the next question I was going to yeah. ask you. Any regrets? No. Was, was there like an opportunity one... you felt like? Yeah, not full, well, not necessarily, but could have been, you know? Maybe you weren't no. sure, but never had a chance.
1: Probably one, but then when I go back to the conversation, That thing that would turn everything was asked of me. Mm -hmm. And you just go, whoa. You know, Mm -hmm. I I had a 15-year-old and I was enjoying, I love my work and it Mm -hmm. loved me back. Priorities are different at different times of your life. Motivations too, you know, motivation in terms of a life, something, what you want to do with your life. My sexuality wasn't really in the in the background because it was there, but it was situated within this real status quo scenario. Mm-hmm. You know that it's going to be more uh, a lot of personal political decisions when you mm-hmm. think. Take- I
0: think that's very interesting what you just said, because uh, some people usually say that uh, to be able to express their sexuality um, has to be in the context of a relationship, but. What I'm hearing from you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you have this, shall I use the word, a supreme understanding or connection with yourself. It's not, it's not like you are sacrificing anything. It's no. an expression of, yeah, it's an expression of who you are and standing up for your own. That your sexuality is in really integral to your personality and to what you're doing, that it's not separate because sometimes I see people or hear people saying that, but uh, it's a separate thing. Like, this is work, this is my sexuality, and this is who I am. But you, you've you sort of like woven it together because you know what you want for yourself mm. and who you are. Tamaba, Does that make sense? Yeah, what I'm that, saying? Makes, that makes sense.
1: Um, And it's so, how do you call it? It's so easy hearing it from you, but going through it, <laughs> Because every step of the way, you'd have to be fair, you know, you'd have to be fair. And it was very hard. You cannot take it against the other person if she didn't agree with you. Mm -hmm. And that was the hardest. So it it actually helps if you also have an inherently fair partner who's into this. Because Mm -hmm. if not, then it would be very difficult from the get-go.
0: No regrets. No regrets. Uh because it'll be very difficult also to say, just because I want to be this person and for give up something that's really important to you, like your career, because you'll resent it. I yeah. really, really think that, you know, even if you say to yourself, yeah, it's okay, okay, I'm going to give up my thriving career and yeah. just move in with this person in some other place. And, and then that feeling of being dependent on this person because it's just going to kill you. Right, it's going to kill you, whether it, it's because you couldn't find work At the moment, or you couldn't Mm -hmm. work because of uh, the type of visa that you have. So, yeah. Or they speak Russian or something, and you're like... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's true. Language barrier. Or security reasons. You can't just stay at home and vacuum, you know, vacuum buy all kinds sizes of vacuum cleaners like vacuum (laughs) every look. Yeah, change curtains
1: and you know no, no, you cannot. You know, these are the things that I learned. And because romantic and you know romantic things are really nice and they make you they give a different dimension in your otherwise very serious, um, demanding work. Mm -hmm. Um and you intersperse it with everything that's happening in your life. really. No? I, I have no
0: regrets, Jeannie. Great, great. I was just thinking while you were talking that um, I often hear young people ask me, oh, what's it like when you're older? Like, how's the sex? You know, you know of course, they're looking at life and thinking that it will be the same. My impression is that they think that they would have the same needs, they would have the same wants. But when they get older, they would not be able to do it, and it scares them a lot. That's that's how mm-hmm. I see it. So sometimes they ask me, "What's it like? What's it like at your age?" You know, um, and listening to you now, and also thinking about the other things, uh, you don't really miss out on anything if you enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, that's yeah. the thing, right? Like they fear that they won't have, they won't have sex, but uh, if you're healthy and you want sex and sex is available, then you just keep doing it up to God knows what age you reach, you know. So if so Ma buhaik happy birthday. Ka hanggang gusto mo. <laughs> True. <laughs> True. But then you know,
1: you know what did they call this bed death or something? But, uh, lesbian you know, bed on, death LBD. Yeah, LBD. But on that matter though, I think you know, um, sex is sex but then um sex is the physical part if you're still emotionally connected there's no problem in that department if Mm -hmm. you're if you're you know like waning or you know you have issues you haven't put out Mm -hmm. there and you have things like that it's bound to show up somewhere else that's right that's just that's just the way it goes i don't know if it's very specific to uh woman to woman or a lesbian relating. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But really, when you're connected, you're engaged and you're involved, there shouldn't be a problem in the other departments. Not to say that, okay, you're probably strange if at 60 you want it every day. I'm sorry. <laughs> and this, do you agree or not? I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. think I don't know
0: if... I really don't know. I'm not 60 yet. <laughs> right, right. Pero, I mean, if you're a busy person, you have stuff to do, uh, do you really want it every day even if if you're younger? Exactly. <laughs> don't exactly. You get, don't you want to do other things or, you know, do you really always have to, We cannot end the 24 hours without exactly. having sex? I don't think so. Exactly.
1: You know? So, you know, it's, don't, if if i if i were to be asked by these young people i would say don't mm. worry about that don't fix what's not broken you know just enjoy it you're not quite there yet but you will develop your own personal gauge and even then uh we are so full of hormones and at some point we are so without these hormones you know mm-hmm. it's just biological and there will be changes some people think about this all the time i'm not saying it's a bad thing i
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I guess I never got into that phase because I never had that fear. If it's there, if it's not there, oh, what happened? Then you think, you know, you take your time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You try to understand it because really that's part of who I am. And, you know, like, oh, so what's going on? And, you know, if I'm with this person and, yeah, I love Richard, to death, but what is going on? I'll take it as a challenge. I won't be afraid of it. I'll put drama, I'll put in a dramatic event about it. I, I don't know. But don't fix what's not broken. Don't worry much about that because if your relationship is healthy,
2: mm-hmm. if you're
1: engaged with each other, you're involved, and you connect in other ways other than physical, mm-hmm.
0: it manifests in the yeah.
1: physical realm anyway.
0: I suppose if you know what you want, then whatever Thing that you need to do has to contribute to that goal or that purpose otherwise you just know yeah. w- what not to do true i hope, <laughs> I, hope it, yeah, I hope
1: yeah i hope yeah i i can go with your analysis i'm okay with your analysis
0: <laughs> <laughs> but but where you are now can i ask the The H question are you happy where you are now
2: I
1: That's really good. am in a good place, well, a lot of transitions below huh mm-hmm. million dollar budgets to protect and no you know three hundred staff to you know mentor blah, blah blah. It's a transition, no um, monthly sueldo, no it, it's really a transition. um I sort of decided early on that I'm going to take this full on, but it's going to take some time because. Nobody can really, nobody else can really help me through it because it's, you know how they say, oh, when you retire, when, you, when you're working, you're doing what you need to do. When you retire, you will do what you want to do. But what I was doing when I was working was also something that was within my, oh, I really loved it. I wanted it. I can't say I want it in the same level now. Mm-hmm. But I also don't know what it is if I have to follow. Oh, when you're working, that's a need to do. When you're retired, it's a want to do. So I'm in transition. I mm-hmm. can't quite answer that now. You know, when you think, oh, like, I have nothing of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I didn't aim too high. It, you know what I mean? Like I didn't put happiness too far out of my reach, so to speak, para anchored lang ako na, uh, okay, so i, I also not a person na, ah, oh, wala ako niyan, pero dibali, meron naman ako dito. It it was never a part of me. It was always like, oh, what do I have? Oh, this is, this is cool, this is good, and I'm not hardwired to look like, ano, ano bang kulang sa boy? Teka, titin ko, ano bang kulang? Ay, ay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Basta ano lang yung, Meron. Kasi alam ko I Um, I work hard for this and this is, it mm-hmm. is what it is. It's the cards that have been dealt me and this is how I played it and this is what it is. So mm-hmm. I'm in a very good place. Um, I miss... Yeah, what because... do I miss? No, uh, I've done everything I wanted to do, Jeannie. Even those unanticipated that you didn't know you wanted to do and then you did it.
0: So, uh, you know, sometimes even if you plan everything, it sometimes doesn't turn out that way or there's a twist somewhere right? yeah. and you just you just have to roll with the punches so yeah, yeah it's good to plan as you've said you're very proactive, you have planned things but I think it's something that um, people shouldn't also begrudge themselves too much themselves too much if it didn't turn out the way they wanted to maybe they just don't know it but might have helped in a way. Like you said, diba, mga past relationships, sure. no regrets, didn't turn out the way you initially planned it, but, uh, well, everybody seemed to be uh, happy naman in the end, you know, after all the initial drama, Mm-mm. but you'll survive. Diba? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, and, it's just a matter of grounding and knowing yourself and having that internal fortitude to, to get you through. Yes, you know? and, um,
1: um, if it's for you, it's gonna fall into place. No matter how hard you work for it, if there's like mm-hmm. something that pushes you back, you also try to think. Like, don't be mm-hmm. blinded by what you want. You also have mm-hmm. to recognize what it is for you. The universe knows mm-hmm. better, you know. Oh, what do we know? We know what we want. I want this. I want that. But at the end of the day, the universe feel you know knows better. So there were certain moments where you know, there was a challenge and Rosa and I would look at each other and we would say, we'll see. If it goes through, then this is for you. You know, getting into international development work. Oh, last day. Oh, application. Oh, ang layo. Sa ano malate? Fax ko na lang. Can you imagine, Jeannie? <laughs> he <You> did? <laughs> Faxing my application on the last day, on the last hour. And yet, I was called. It was, you know, just did it. I was so blase and nonchalant about it because I wasn't. What is this job? I wasn't very sure. So, if it's yours, you 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 know, you gotta first you recognize it. You also need to want it a little bit or interested, and you put a little work.
0: And if it's yours, it's yours. Of course, yeah. as you said, um, you submitted your application on the final day by fax. But I think people should remember that you also prepared. You're at the university. You took up the necessary um, educational requirements that would probably land you the job that you want at some point. Uh, you put in the hours working in uh, you know, something that you built into your um, portfolio or what do you call it? Your CV. Right? The opportunity presented it itself. You were also ready. And yeah, I think the lucky part is that, yeah, you came at the right time and bested the rest <laughs> in timing. terms of what you had. Oh, timing then, right? I'll, I'll go back to what we talked about earlier, okay? We're talking about people who are thinking about what they need to prepare for.
1: First of all, a breakup will hurt like shit, but it's temporary. Okay. Yeah, so you'll get over it. Second is that at some point… Your friend will date your ex. I really love this, <laughs> but don't worry about that. Don't make drama about that because at some point, you will be dating your friend's ex as well. <laughs> That's just the way it is.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: But on the more um, on the more serious side, I guess um, coming out, you have to prepare how you define it for yourself.
2: Mm-hmm. First
1: off, you know. Um, Please, please do not be pressured into coming out just because you're in the closet and your partner of two months or two years is Mm -hmm. out and there's an issue about it. Okay. Coming out is very personal and in no way should it be on anybody else's terms but yours. Is that a red flag? If your effing partner doesn't understand that, that is a red flag okay well you're coming out because of the love of your life I mean mm-hmm. give, give give me a break oh. that's not being fair to you yourself Okay. yeah so whatever it is however you try to discuss it you can be as gentle as possible saying oh sweetie pie can I come out on my own terms please and you know I'm not asking you to wait for it, but I want you to understand that it is It's my decision to be made Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. I know that because you love me you will (laughs) grant me that even if bubble it's not up to you to grant me that Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you saying you know never be pressured Mm -hmm. and then um violence in intimate relationships Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah you know it's especially uh you know you and I we've been working in development work but um you know it was like we were together in the anti-rape bill campaign correct that's right that's yeah 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 so you know you're we were so into that and yet I had personal knowledge of people like us who would advocate against violence in whatever form in intimate relationships Mm -hmm. they were doing that and I I wouldn't, I was very judgmental, I was disillusioned, judgmental, whatever you call it. And then, you know, I had processed it, but because it's, it's very difficult to, it's very difficult to thresh out if you're in it because, you know, first what I want to say to, you know, to this younger generation, if I can say that, (laughs) is that um, violence is not only physical and, Abuse, very feeling, yes, feeling abuse rarely happens in non-intimate relationships, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, don't get me fired up on that because it's a power thing. Anyway, my message would be that um, verbal abuse is pretty pretty rampant and, you know, people will say, ah, you know, masakit talaga magsalita. But yeah, that's the thing about abuse because there's no one word to describe it. hmm one tagalog word to describe it. If it's sexual abuse, against my will, there's no one word that defines it. So the definition is how you feel. But what I'm telling you is that if you don't you know, if it attacks you and it's not then you're being verbally abused. Very closely connected to verbal abuse then is the emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. because then you know sometimes harsh words can make you doubt yourself can make you rethink who you are
2: mm-hmm. so
1: the the backside the backdrop of that is that know who you are and and hold on to that you know the good and the bad parts of it the good parts you know be better in it and the bad parts try to try to be better as well um but violence exists And I hope that you are able to call it what it is when it happens, you know, succumb the energy to talk about it, what it is, especially if it goes into a cycle, which is very theoretical, you can Google it. So do not get caught up in that. Um, That's a very bad power relations. And that's what it's connected to what I'm also going to the, say to the younger generation that it doesn't mean that you're in a relationship with a woman that you escape misogynistic or mm. much macho crap happening in relationships. Yeah? It doesn't mean that way. Okay? Just be aware of that. And if you know who you are, then you would know how to handle that. Um, the next thing I think, uh, oh, when you when you and your partner um, <clears throat> decide to start a family, for example, mm-hmm. you have to talk about it because co parenting or parenting, for that matter, is not a simple thing. Oh yes, no, it's it's never a simple thing. Starting a family is serious stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the last is that if you, yeah, you know, we can overly simplify it. Take a step back, and maybe it's a mismatch of value systems. And even if you um, resolve a few things here and there, if it does not involve um, looking at the value systems at value, you know, respective value sets and trying to find where they intersect or not, it, it will happen. It's all connected because then it can get very dramatic. It can get very verbally abusive. It can get very sometimes physically abusive. And then you resolve it. And then it comes back because that's the thing that holds
0: it. It's, it holds it up there and it anchors it down here as well. Some, sometimes yeah. when you're, when you're uh, feeling very strongly about someone and one, you think that love will see you through or whatever it is that you think is love, okay? Uh, And sometimes, too, um, you think like, oh, this is just an incompatibility or it's just a quirk. We'll we'll get through it. It's just something that's probably funny. I always also say that, you know, Adjustment period. Oh, that's right. (laughs) Uh, And the other thing is that when you say that, um, uh, okay, if there's something that you see in a person that you don't like, I mean, maybe it's just a small thing or could be a big thing, but you sort of try to dismiss it and say that things might probably change. That's the other thing. Mm -hmm. That's, yeah, (laughs) hope. Yeah. Okay. If you see something at the start and you know that you don't want that or you cannot stand for it, like the way they treat the waiters, because... Again, it's redundant the type of values that you have, right. and if you that, that, I think that's very important. That's a very important point that if you don't have the sh- same value system, not not talking about the whole oh, compatible because we both like beef or <laughs> we right. both so, like this go. <laughs> we both like this kind of uh, no, entertainment no, or no, this type no, of no, not, no, that, no. not that not that it's no, the no. value system that is important, and that's what is going to graduate as I've said. That's I think that's that's really key. And that yeah it needs to be heard. That needs to be heard. And thank you for yeah. saying that. And my <laughs> last definitely the last is that
1: um, to my fellow queers and lesbians left- mm-hmm. and you know gay women out there who are in relationships with you know our kind, so to speak, if you can please refrain from Referring to other types of relationships as a as a reference to how you and your partner should be acting, how you and your, you know, you should behave in relationships or what a lesbian relationship should be.
0: Uh, oh, compare, you mean comparing to other relationships? Yeah, like
1: have- people, like never... Compare our relationships with heterosexual relationships
2: because
1: mm-hmm. um, that is not who we are,
2: and that's that's, right.
1: that is not that is not what we are gonna have, and that is not <laughs> what we should have because that's not who we are. That's right. Yeah. So it that's becomes right. very very heteronormative, you know. Like, but uh-huh. why we say we we want to reclaim ourselves, and yet are we are patterned after this? Not that it's a bad thing because, you know, my parents are, you know, straight mm-hmm. people, All everybody in my, you know. So just to spare you from misery, don't compare yourself to, you know, heterosexual couples, for example.
0: I cannot say it better because it's just straight out. And, you know, that's a, also a perfect example of, you know, what you just said. Yeah, yeah right. because sometimes anyway. Uh, it just kicks in and some people don't think about it. Yeah. And it of just course. happens, right? It yeah. just happens and then if no one points it out to you, sometimes you're not even able to catch it yourself that what you're actually doing is, you know, to pattern your relationship yeah. uh, you know, with, because some people say because that's the only kind of relationship that you have. But the fact that you're with a woman, uh, if you don't see that and why you're there then you're not really understanding the meaning of having a relationship right. with another woman right you know? right yeah, it's like this genie i really believe that
1: you know we're actually we're actually lamang in this in this scenario because you know men and women getting together ha, mm. culture has defined that cast it in stone how it should be what it should be uh, you know there's so many things but women a woman being with a woman we are free to define how we should be in that yes nice very nice because this man woman (laughs) you know you can you can close your eyes and the walls will tell you right songs have been sung (laughs) totally but a woman and a woman we are so free this is about reclaiming what we have and Uh. yeah we might be fighting for it but hang on a minute we at the get-go have not been constrained uh-huh. by a lot of these, you know, constraints that you know, man woman relation, men women relationships have been subjected to for centuries.
0: People, women, sometimes buy into it, and yeah, as you've said, you've just said, it. We also have to remember that because we have not been defined. It is yeah. up to us to be able to define yeah. it and to actually create something that has not been created before. Yeah. And that's great. Cool. That's a great thought, you know. But if you're feeling down and everything, just yeah. remember these words <laughs> <laughs> telling oh <my> you, <laughs> you can redefine. <laughs> yeah, redefine as many as you want.
1: Who cares about the stereotypical box? Just, just work with what you have and know who you are. That's all. Um, And the the inner conflicts are so much less than having to battle it out, you know. Yeah, we're not perfect, but just be who you are. I I don't know how to say it in other words.
0: Yeah, (laughs) just be your fabulous self. Yes. 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 Well, this has been a very enlightening conversation with you. Thank you so much for spending time. (laughs) I don't know if I should... I don't know if I should tell our guests that this took two nights because of yeah. all sorts lightning. lightning, very, very frightening. Very frightening.
1: <laughs> no, but um, I was thank scared you. when, yeah, thank you, because I was kind of not scared, but I was like worried because, you know, you and I, when we get to talk, we're just like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, um, I am thankful that I have been able to share a few things And even if they're old things, um, they're expressed in different ways that maybe have come from experience and have come from other exposure and have come from also just um, me trying my very best to navigate the, the both personal and political choices that we as lesbians have to face on a daily basis. Thank you.
0: He's very, well, very well said. Very natural. <laughs> oh yes, thank you very much. Yes. <laughs> you're so welcome yourself. <laughs> thank you very and much, Ida. Thank you, Jeannie. And, uh, I hope to see you when things are a little better. Yeah. Um
1: oh. we're only a uh you're only a drive away and yeah, my chocolate, my chocolate cake, please.
0: Okay, <laughs> thank you so much. I'll see you around.
1: Bye-bye. Okay,
0: bye, Ginny. Bye. Thank you. Okay, we're back. Although Ida and I have been friends for many years, through her trips around the world and back, there's always something new to learn. I think it's because we continue to grow as individuals, which is a good thing. Some of us may have asked the same questions Ida asked herself whenever we need to make choices. Decisions are hard to make when you feel that the consequences may be impossible to undo. So we have probably asked ourselves the same things. What is this? How far can I go? What do I do? What is expected of me? Where's the checklist? And did you find the checklist to your liking? Some of us may already have the answers to that when faced with a mold not cast to our liking. New molds were created abroad where there were possibilities for loving, opportunities for freer expression, and to live parallel lives away from family with details left unspoken. But living outside the grid does come with its own set of challenges. Free to form the discussion, we can rewrite it. And it's thrilling, because we are not bound by set standards and rules, we can go as deeply as we want to experience new heights and depths of love and also pain, previously unknown. After all, without rules, by what guidelines would one operate? By what measure would you gauge your level of vulnerability? Which partly explains quote-unquote lesbian drama when things are nebulous because we ourselves do not understand how to make heads and tails out of things, drama, quote-unquote, happens. As Ida said, to drown out what one is feeling. But I think that's when we need to step back to listen to our own voice, to raise our head above the knee-high drama tsunami trying to engulf us just long enough to hear ourselves say that, you know, we can actually stand and walk out of it. Ida also shared something very basic and important, whether you're raising a child, dealing with a possible partner in between trans and Latinx assignments, or being asked to make choices. Be honest, because it's tiring and you just create trust issues. The other important thing to see us through is having a clear set of values. Having common values with the person or the persons you want to have a relationship with, whether in form, in whatever form, helps in a big way in living our lives while supporting and respecting individual situations and decisions. I also want to stress what I believe Ida said about sexuality and our sexual expressions as not being static. It's not for us to judge people who are not out or are out at levels not to our liking because it's personal. Because sexuality is played out In various contexts, and its interpretation is very personal, it should be respected. As lesbians, we all navigate life to be our authentic selves, but it's different for everyone. There are other responsibilities, security concerns, professional demands that everyone has to contend with to achieve one's goals. Coming out, she reminds us, is our individual business and should in no way be on someone else's terms. Toward the end, Ida left us with three more things to remember. One, that abuse and violence have no space in a loving relationship. And knowing yourself will give you the wisdom and courage to recognize and call it out when it happens to you. Two, refrain from referencing heterosexual relationships as to what a lesbian relationship should be. My goodness, that's not who we are or what we should have. We have to reclaim ourselves in our own forms of relationships, no matter how hard sometimes. And finally, I think Ida justified defined lesbian nirvana for many of us. It's the place where nobody really gives a hoot about your friend dating your ex. Because you will, in Goddess's good time, date your ex. I hope you enjoyed today's narratives. I invite you to join me and our guests in our next episodes. If you want to hear someone or you yourself would like to share your story, do drop me a line. You can also leave voice messages if you have suggestions, questions, or just to say hello. It'll be great to hear your voice. Think of this as our private conversation with other lesbians and women loving women. A place and time to hear ourselves and in these stories that resonate with our own experiences. Maybe even find new friends, a role model, or your new lesbian spirit. Okay, let's find inspiration, courage, humor, ideas and insight and be amazed by our lesbian diversity, wit and power. For the latest, please follow the podcast on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and you can also email me at narratives the podcast at yahoo.com This is all for now. Ginny are here, thanking you for listening. Let's catch up again next time. Expect nothing, learn everything, hear it narratives, our lesbian stories. Bye!